Hello there, this is Benny. This is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The podcast where you hear all about the Doctor Who that I watched. Yes, and uh, you hear all about our nonsense about the Doctor Who that Kyle watched. <laughs> Indeed, there's a lot of nonsense. <laughs> we hope that's why you're here, because like <laughs> the, uh, the actual like um doctor who content you could watch the show and the episodes would be shorter than our episodes but you wouldn't get the nonsense it's true you you'd miss a lot of nonsense you would definitely get some nonsense if you watch doctor who but <laughs> but you'd miss a lot uh, of that. different nonsense yes i uh, you know i was just thinking the other day about uh about our setup here and how this is you know you're you're, you're the star i'm like the sidekick but each episode starts with me talking first and like is that is that kind of like i don't know misleading that the first voice that you hear is mine when i say hello there but really i'm just i'm just the sidekick <laughs> oh well just a random thought i had you're you're the listener proxy yeah yeah well hope i'm i hope i'm uh, asking the same questions and making the same like hilarious quips well the same <laughs> quips <laughs> that some of the listeners might indeed listeners i hope you are at least familiar with dungeons and dragons and video games <laughs> <laughs> if not then i'm a little bit surprised you've listened this long <laughs> <laughs> why do they keep talking about like rolling on for things and like what, what's a nat 20 yeah <laughs> <laughs> Who, who are the other 19 nets? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, did you have anything that you want to cover before the episode begins? Um, so this is a new serial uh -huh. that we are starting. So it is written by a new writer that we have not had a serial from before yet. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, this one is written by Glenn Jones and... This was his only serial, which he also wrote the novelization of. Oh, uh, cool, cool, cool. Although it turns out he also played a character in season 12 of Doctor <laughs> Who in 1975. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, we'll talk about that episode probably sometime in the 2030s. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine that, though, like writing for a show and then coming back 10 years later not even as a writer, but like to play a character. As an actor on it. Yeah, that'd be That's super wild. weird. Yeah. But cool, though. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, he continued watching the show and was a fan after having worked on it. And then maybe it was like, oh, yeah, I have changed my uh, my focus. Now I'm more of an actor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. So we'll see if we, if we remember to mention him in the 2030s but <laughs> yeah tweet at us as we're getting close send us a tweet uh -huh. all the glenn jones fans out there keep it keep us honest or you know by by then like beam us a thought through through our like you know virtual social media psychic verse uh-huh <laughs> Hopefully not the metaverse. No, yeah, I, was, I kept specifically stopping myself from saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, should we get anyway, into the it? Space Museum. Yes,
What is our cliff dangler? The cliff dangler is that uh, everyone is frozen. Um, the lights have dimmed in the TARDIS as after we left the Crusades. And then everyone is standing still in a mysterious way, almost like they were museum exhibits, question mark. Well, the episode <laughs> that was next episode last time, so it must be this episode, was the Space Museum. Indeed. I don't think I mentioned this is the 26th episode. You could probably already know that by looking at the title of the podcast, but <laughs> I say it every time anyway. All right, episode 26, season 2, 26. So we start with that same cliff dangler, which, as we mentioned previously, is the only reason that we got like any camera motion and like actual video in the previous episode at the very end. <laughs> we see this cliff dangler of the TARDIS crew seemingly frozen in place, and... Then the camera fades out from the TARDIS and fades in on the surface of a planet where it pans across a whole bunch of spaceship models. Excellent. I love it already. Yeah, it was great. We've got like little round models and like tall cylindrical models and like big chunky ones and like streamlined ones, like all different designs. It's fun. I love it. And standing in the middle of all these spaceship models, there's this sort of round building with like a crinkly texture on the walls and a satellite dish <laughs> on the roof. Very evocative description there, Kyle. Thank you. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, you know, if you were to like crumble up a sheet of aluminum foil and then like flatten it back out again, but then, like, blow that up, you know, a hundred times its size. Or, you know, not, because it's a model. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, then there's a satellite dish mounted on a tower on the roof of the building. And we cut from this to, presumably, some nearby rocks that the TARDIS materializes in front of. Uh, I was wondering if the TARDIS would, like, materialize in one of the parking, the spaceship parking spots. <laughs> <laughs> We cut back to the TARDIS control room, and they all slowly start to unfreeze and, like, move around. And we see that although they were frozen in their Crusader clothing, now they're in normal clothing. Uh, do they notice that, or is that just completely not remarked upon? Uh, Ian notices it, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering if it was just, like, one of these, like... Uh between episode like convenience conveniences where they didn't want to mess with that no yeah it's explicitly called out doctor we've got our clothes on but well, i should hope so dear boy i should hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but doctor, these are different clothes uh-huh the doctor's like not really interested though he doesn't really care about all of this clothing nonsense he just thinks that it saved them the hassle of having to change themselves. You'd think he at least missed his cloak. Yeah, you'd think. He's like, wow, that's that's so convenient. I don't need to change clothes. I just <laughs> freeze in place and then I'm wearing different clothes. Vicky wonders where their crusading clothes ended up. And the doctor says that they're probably in the wardrobe where they belong. So she goes to check and... 
he asks her to bring him a glass of water on the way back. Do we get to see the TARDIS wardrobe? We do, actually. It's, oh, awesome. Well, we see, like, a closet, basically. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe I was picturing something a little more uh, sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, she goes and opens the closet, and the crusading clothes are there. And the doctor is, you know, like, cool, cool. Everything's normal then. Totally normal for us to be frozen and then unfrozen and the clothes we were wearing to just be put away in the closet and we have a different clothes on. The doctor parties hard. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Vicky stops by the water machine to get him a glass on her way back. And oh, that's nice of her. she accidentally drops the glass and, you know, it, of course, hits the ground and shatters, but then it reverses back up and reforms a whole glass of water in her hand as she oh. looks on in amazement. That's pretty awesome. Uh-huh. Meanwhile... Also, yeah, classic classic cheap sci-fi effect. Yeah. Just play the footage backwards. Rever reverse the <laughs> But film. I like it. I like it. Yeah, you can never go wrong with that one. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ian, Barbara, and the Doctor who, of course, are in the other room, they have noticed all the spaceships and the building on the scanner, but there's no actual, like, sign of life. Cool. Interesting. A little ominous. Uh-huh. Vicky returns, and, of course, she's got the glass of water with her, and she has a concerned look on her face. <laughs> uh, understandable. <laughs> uh-huh. The doctor asks her if she broke a glass, presumably like he heard it shatter. Uh-huh. And she says that she did, and he basically tells her not to worry so much, you know, to like chill out. It's not going to be a big deal to replace it. And <laughs> she's like, well, <laughs> funny uh -huh. you should say that. <laughs> yeah, she, of course, explains that it doesn't need to be replaced and tells them all what happened. The doctor notices, he's looking at the scanner, and he notices that all of the spaceships that are parked seem to be arranged in a deliberate order. They seem to be getting, like, more advanced as they go. And, oh, cool. Yeah. I want to see these, these spaceships even more. <laughs> he, of course, determines that they're probably at a museum, Cool. Uh, well, maybe not a surprise to us as the, uh, the audience, uh -huh. but very cool. Yeah, Barbara is like, a space museum, yes! And fireworks and go off, confetti flies. Yes, yes, it's been a while, but there it is. <laughs> and after all the confetti settles to the ground, and all the stagehands come out and like sweep it all up... <laughs> They decide that they should probably head on out of the TARDIS and start investigating shit. Or, you know, as the kids say, if you want to find out, you've got to fuck around. Yes. Classic, classic both for uh, adventuring parties and for the TARDIS crew. Indeed. So they head out. They start looking around. And basically, it's just rocks and dust everywhere. Ian even comments on how dusty it is. Well, it is a museum. The doctor says, you know, he's like looking at some of the rocks and he says that he's never seen anything in such an advanced state of erosion. And he says that basically the whole planet seems to be dead as fuck. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, 
Um, I, I'm guessing the, the the Yelp score is not very high. On uh huh. You know, like death, of course, has its own particular posture and appearance. And no, that's true. The the whole planet apparently has the, posture the whole planet the whole planet has this posture and appearance. Yes. They decide to go looking for the stuff they saw on the scanner, like the spaceships and the building and whatnot. But heck yeah, I would too. <laughs> they they actually all agree for once to stick close together. They decide we'll to not split the party. <laughs> uh huh. All right. They all start heading off, and Ian points out that they're walking on several inches of dust. But they're not leaving any footprints. Whoa. And then Kylo Ren is like, oh, you'll, I'll kill the last Jedi or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the intrepid explorers approach the door of the building. I guess they found it. And yeah, I was wondering like how far away this this uh, this building was from where they landed. Um, yeah, that I was, guess, you know. That was not really clear. Sometimes it's okay to cut. We don't need to just see our, our dudes like walking for ten minutes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing that it was probably you know five to ten minutes rather than like a few hours. But it's definitely not yeah. not clear. Maybe they had a, a snack break. Yeah, through trudging through through dust. So they've they've reached the door of the building, but there's no apparent way of opening it. You know, there's like no huh. knobs, no handles, and they're wondering what to do when Barbara realizes that whenever the four of them aren't making noise, it's just completely silent. Cool. I dig it. I mean, it is a dead planet covered with dust, but still, uh-huh. that's, a, that's a neat like detail. They're like, yeah, it's so much nicer after after Vortis and all the beeping. <laughs> <laughs> Uh huh. That sounds. I. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they definitely said that. <laughs> and just then, the doors of the building open, and our heroes can see two men in white uniforms with these like big shoulder covers walking toward the door. Cool. Interesting. Uh huh. They quickly start looking for a place to hide, but. All that they can come up with before the men arrive is the classic technique of standing up against the wall near the door and hoping that the men don't turn around. Sometimes you just got to go with the classic. <laughs> uh-huh. So they they press up against the wall. The two, you know, the two men continue their walk. They exit the door and continue like walking away from the building. But just then Marine O'Brien rolls a one on her stealth check, and Vicky sneezes. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. There's a lot of dust on this planet. Like, okay, yeah, okay, okay. yeah. I wouldn't be too surprised if they had to roll with disadvantage on that one. That sounds fair, just from all the dust. But these two men don't react like at all mm. to her sneezing. They just continue their mm. walk. Interesting and. Our heroes all head on through the open doors into the building. Cool. In the first room, they realize that there aren't any windows anywhere, but it does indeed seem to be a museum. There's like all these various control panels on display, and 
there's like a spacesuit, you know, kind of standing up on a display case in one corner and, you know, little pedestals with with cool sci-fi looking things on them. Cool. I, I, I think I may have to watch this episode, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a pretty fun one to watch. Excellent. Vicky comments on the lack of men following you around telling you not to touch things, which you, know, you will often find <laughs> in just, museums. You don't get the full museum experience without that, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. The doctor tells her to just go right on ahead and pretend that those men are here and keep her hands to herself. Don't what touch the heck, anything. Doctor? <laughs> well, I, I guess if there's like, you know, ray guns or something on display, you probably, yeah. Yeah, you don't know if they're still <laughs> active or not. I mean, hopefully the museum would have deactivated them. But on the other hand, this is, you know, sci-fi. So, yeah. <laughs> Hi, I hope you're enjoying the episode. If you like our podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to ask us a question, share your thoughts, or make fun of us, you can email us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweet us at drwatcher. Thanks for listening, and now back to the episode. In the next room, Ian, Barbara, and the doctor all jump a little bit have a you know a bit of a scare when they see a dalek yes but they very quickly realize it's only an empty shell and it even has a sign like standing up in front of it saying dalek planet scaro i love it that's so clever because like yeah of course they have the old dalek costumes or props or whatever you want to call them from the dalek episodes just slap one in your uh, museum episode and it's a cool callback yeah why not plus i think that by this point the dalek merchandising machine was already in uh, full swing yeah I, totally I i've heard it called dalek mania where where fans of doctor who were buying up anything with daleks on it so of course you want to put a Dalek in your episode. Mm-hmm. Also reminds me a bit of that later episode of, of Doctor Who with Christopher Eccleston, um, with uh, the, the collector of things who has a Dalek. Yeah, that was um, an interesting but one. We'll, 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 we'll get to that audience, uh-huh. maybe. <laughs> we'll get to <laughs> that. When we, when we get to it, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to bring this one up, too. Probably in 2046, according to my calculations. <laughs> I love that you've done these calculations. You'll have to send me that. (laughs) Vicky has read all about Daleks in her history books. She's read about how they invaded Earth about 300 years ago from her perspective. Uh Uh But apparently these, these history books didn't have any pictures in them. Because she didn't know what Daleks looked like, and she's really excited to actually see one here at the museum. Does she think it looks cool, or does she think it looks goofy? She says it looks friendly. Well, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, Ian is like... You wouldn't say that, young lady, if ever we meet them again. <laughs> Which, to say the least, is very unlikely. I hope. <laughs> I don't know, Ian. And, yeah, the words, this is not foreshadowing, appear on the screen. <laughs> Are we thinking Vikalek? <laughs> da- Dali? Dal- Dalki? 
Well, we'll, we'll have to think of something if this actually, <laughs> you know, we forget an opportunity. Uh-huh. Just then, the doctor kind of rushes everyone into hiding behind one of the display cases because two younger men in Steve Jobs outfits walk into the room. <laughs> black turtlenecks and jeans. <laughs> yep, black turtlenecks, black jeans. Nice. <laughs> they appear to be talking to each other. But we don't hear them, and neither does the TARDIS crew. Interesting. After, you know, they leave the room, and our our crew comes out of hiding, and the Doctor and his companions all move on to the next room of the museum, where Vicky finally gives in to temptation and tries touching one of the exhibits, <laughs> but her hand just phases right through it. Oh, interesting. Well, kind of, kind of a bummer. I mean, you, you, you pay, you pay the admission cost <laughs> and then all you get is holograms. Uh-huh. <sighs> she calls the doctor over and starts telling him that she touched it. But before she can get like any more than that out, he interrupts and of course, starts, he's the doctor. <laughs> yeah, he starts going all hardcore grumpy old man on her, yelling at her about how he told her not to touch anything and when will she learn to listen and like all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And Barbara comes over and Barbara's like, dude, doctor, like, fuck off. Can't you see that Vicky's upset? Uh-huh. Yeah. And Vicky very deliberately steps past the doctor and tells Barbara that she touched the thing and her hand went right through it. <laughs> Which is what she was trying to tell the doctor in the first place. But yeah, I, I like that she, she tells Barbara then because the doctor's being um, the doctor. I yeah. Yeah, I liked that a lot too. And like she like steps right in front of the doctor and like looks at Barbara and like addresses Barbara like very clearly and deliberately. Power move. I dig it. So they all start discussing how weird and fucked up everything is here. You know, we're not leaving footprints in the dust. We are not hearing anything. They don't seem to hear us. We apparently can't touch the exhibits. And Mm. they notice that three Steve Jobses have entered the room. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Vicky and Barbara want to hide but the doctor's like no let's just stand here and and they do they just stand there and these three steve jobses walk like through the room and into the next room silently talking to each other the whole time and after they leave the room vicky says that one of them looked right at her but you know clearly they didn't see her Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. I wonder. I wonder if it, there's something like. I'm going to speculate for a second. Either it's something to do with like this museum being like specifically all like I said holograms or, or stuck in time or something like that. Or when the power dimmed in the TARDIS when they were arriving, maybe they maybe something about the TARDIS like made them shift. So either the museum shifted out of like you know space dimensions something, or the TARDIS crew are. I wonder which one it is. (laughs) Ian is just like, Right. We're invisible. That settles it. And the doctor's like, Does it, my boy? Hmm? Does it? 
Either that or we are not really here. Hmm? <laughs> yes, uh, those are kind of my, my, in some ways, my two things that <laughs> I was uh, speculating about. Uh-huh. Well, maybe not so much, but, but yeah. No, I too am wondering what's going on, Doctor. We cut to sometime later. They've apparently been exploring the museum for a while, long enough that Ian thinks they've walked for miles. Mm. You know, they're talking about like how big this museum is and whatever. Yeah. But all the rooms are basically similar. They're all just like different cases and cabinets and displays. But the next room they enter contains the TARDIS. Oh, twist. Vicky and Barbara and Ian are all like, cool, cool, cool. We might as well just GTFO and like head on to the next adventure module. But... But then they, their hands pass through the TARDIS. Exactly, yeah. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor like walks over to it and like first he kind of waves his arm through it. And then he just like completely walks through it. Uh, I dig it. That's very cool. Yes, I'm afraid it's going to be a little more difficult than that. <laughs> well, well said, doctor. I wonder if this is actually their TARDIS or if their TARDIS is still waiting for them out in the rocks and this is like the, the museum's TARDIS display. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question indeed. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor points over to the other side of the room. You know, apparently they like walked into the room and saw the TARDIS and like didn't look in the other direction yet. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to let the DM finish describing what's <laughs> in the room there. <laughs> and apparently in the other the other side of the room, there are four large display cases containing four very familiar sites. It is Barbara, the Doctor, Vicky, and Ian, each in their own display case, just like standing perfectly still and staring straight ahead. Huh. Just like they did for a while when they first arrived, eh? Yeah. Interesting. I love that. This is very cool. I'm I'm so into this. So yeah, they're they're looking at them pretty closely and as far as they can tell, they seem to actually be them. They're not like models or like pictures or projections or whatever. Like it's actually them in these display cases. Cool. And Vicky starts hypothesizing about a potential explanation. Time, like space, although a dimension in itself also has dimensions of its own. Cool. I dig it. Not quite sure what that means in this context, uh -huh. but like, I'm, I'm into it. The doctor's like, So you know about it, child. Hmm. We must have a little chat sometime. Hmm? <laughs> like how they've been hanging out for a while now. They're only <laughs> just now, you know, despite being time travelers, only just now discovering what they each know about time. Uh huh. Vicky explains that they really are in the display cases. But they're also there in another dimension looking at the display cases. Cool. And the doctor thinks this is a good explanation. He thinks that they're not really there. He says that, like, the TARDIS must have, like, skipped a time track and, you know, gone into this dimension. So they're not really there. That's why they can't leave footprints or break glasses or touch things. I feel like the breaking glasses is 
in a different <laughs> category than the other things, but oh, it's cool. It's all awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so, so into this. Yeah. Since that was kind of like a thing that happened and then unhappened rather yeah. than these other things just like don't happen in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> cool effect. And, and I am intrigued. Uh-huh. He says that all they have to do is wait until they arrive. He says that... Wait until they themselves arrive? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he says that they clearly got put into the display cases at some point, which means that they must have arrived and then basically like been seen by the people here who must have thought that they were good, like display items for the museum so they like captured them and put them on display mm -hmm. vicky wants to just like go find the real tardis and gtfo but the doctor says that if they do that they'll just end up in the display cases someday and that basically they need to like actively prevent the future where they end up in them we can't just like leave we need to like actively prevent this from happening you know i mean time travel leads to all sorts of shenanigans and like <laughs> cause and effect like paradoxes and i'm here for it yeah i think we knew given the premise of this show what we were getting ourselves into and here we go <laughs> so barbara wonders like how they'll know when they have arrived and the doctor says that it, it should be easy because the display cases will disappear and they themselves will become visible. And from that moment, we'll be in great danger. Hmm, cool. I'm glad the doctor knows how this works. <laughs> I do wonder, like, has, has he been through this before or is this all theoretical? Uh-huh. Um, but either way... It's cool. No, and, and I like I like when the doctor knows about these sorts of time science fiction interesting stuff going on and he can serve as our, our like uh, guide to these things because that's kind of in some ways what Doctor Who is all about. Yeah. Maybe the TARDIS owner's manual has like a section on what to expect if your TARDIS skips a time track. <laughs> Yes. It's probably the only section of the owner's manual that he's read, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he did read that, that chapter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Barbara starts to feel it. Something strange is happening. I can feel it. <laughs> Whatever it is. So the camera cuts to the TARDIS interior where we see a freeze frame from the previous episode of our four heroes in crusader clothing. And oh, cool. then we see the TARDIS on the planet surface, and then we see the freeze frame of our four heroes in the TARDIS control room in regular clothing, and then we see a glass fall to the ground and shatter, and then we see the two, like, white uniform with shoulder men from earlier approach and discover the TARDIS like out in all the dust and rocks. And one of the men points at the dust on the ground where like he, when he first points and looks, there's like nothing there. It's just dust on the ground. But as the two men 
look at this nondescript patch of dust that he for some reason pointed to, the footprints appear. He, he had a feeling. <laughs> uh-huh. I love a good montage, and that, that's very cool. Yeah. And yeah, then we cut back to the room in the museum where the four display cases fade out of existence and disappear. And the camera shows us our four heroes. They seem to have kind of frozen in place again, but it's just for a moment. They, you know, after a moment, they start moving again and they realize that the display cases have gone. Yes, my dear. And we've arrived. Very cool. And as the doctor says that, the words, next episode, the dimensions of time appear on screen. This is so cool, Kyle. This is this is so cool. Yeah, the Space Museum, Dimensions of Time. Like, it almost doesn't matter how good the episode itself is. Like, the titles are so good. But even then, um, turns out the episode's good, too. Yeah, the, the whole thing of them, like, being out of phase or, or whatever and, and getting to see this, this cool sci-fi museum and um the weird paradox moment where the the time gets caught up and like the events from before that didn't interact with this world have now been like applied to the 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 world the environment right it's cool i and like i I love i love when shows play with stuff like yeah they're walking around the world not really there or or in another dimension they kind of said both of those things (laughs) (laughs) but then like when they quote unquote arrive it's not like they're like back in the tardis which just materialized it's like no they're still standing in the same spot in the room that they were in when they weren't really there but like now they're there now and and have apparently like done all this stuff. Yeah, their the ping has finally dropped, and the server has tried to return them to the right. location. It's just doing its best to like you know because they they were lagging hard. It's for like a while there. you know when <laughs> the input really starts lagging, and like you know you're moving the mouse around and you're trying to type, and like nothing's happening, and nothing's happening, and then all of a sudden like it all comes out at once, and your mouse just like goes crazy for a minute and like a bunch of letters spew out and then like then it's all cut up yeah yeah for for our younger listeners that used to happen more with the older os's Um, (laughs) but yeah this is this is a good one i I, and yeah i i genuinely think i'm gonna go watch this at some point like probably pretty soon because it sounds very intriguing as to what's going on and 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 i want to see for myself the uh the spaceships and the displays and the control panels and, and yeah, whatnot. so yeah, good stuff. Um, and I'm very curious to see what happens next now that they are actually there in the space museum. In some ways, it seems like this episode was kind of just a, a setup or even just establishing the the premise. Um, yeah, you know, the actual like space museum adventure can begin. Because yeah, this episode was kind of like all about you know, all this weird shit's happening. Like we're not leaving footprints and they can't hear us. And then it's like, Oh, well that's cause we haven't arrived yet. And now we actually have arrived. And so let's do the story that we're here to do. Yeah. Um, very cool. 
Well, I'll look forward to our next one. Um, I'll have to wait three weeks to record it, but listeners, you'll only have to wait two, um, and then you'll get to find out what happens next. Maybe if you can skip a time track through the dimensions of time, you'll only have to wait one week. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then you'll have to wait to, to get caught up before you can send us a tweet about it. <laughs> That's true. You'll have to wait until you're actually there. <laughs> you can like uh, you can type your tweet, but it's gonna it's not gonna like actually get typed out and sent until you get there. Yes, exactly. All right. Um, did you have anything else you want to talk about for this one? Nope, I don't think so. All right. Well, we'll see you then, listeners. Bye. Bye. Hi, Benny here. The Doctor's Watcher would like to thank Circuit23 for the awesome theme song he created for us. You can find his music, including our theme, at soundcloud.com slash circuit23. And you can reach him at circuit.23, that's circuit.23, at gmail.com. Thanks to Kyle for talking to me about Doctor Who, and thanks to all of you for listening to me listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or on Twitter at doctorwatcher. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you review your podcasts. Join us next time on The Doctor's Watcher. Any way of getting out of this, Doctor? Well, my dear, I suppose we got into it. Uh, It must be. You know, I don't mind admitting I've always found it extremely difficult to solve the fourth dimension. And here we are, face to face with the fourth dimension. You know, I think the TARDIS jumped a time track and ended up here in this fourth dimension.